in the party, Richter. Hi, and welcome to See What the Party, Richter. Aaron here again. I know it's been a while, and I said we were going to release the next Eraser episode the week after the last one, but I'm a busy fellow, and, you know, sometimes things happen. In this case, the thing that happened was that I got lazy and decided to replay Red Dead Redemption 2 instead. Yeah? Anyway, I'm taking a quick break from tying people up and leaving them on the train tracks to record this. So, yeah. This is uh, part one of our way too detailed summary of Arnold's 1996 hit, Eraser. This was the first movie I'd actually written a summary for, and apparently I thought it would be, would be best to include every single detail possible, apparently. Uh, we, have, we do have some good zingers in there, though, so anywho, here it is. Uh, all right, enjoy. Your luggage. Okay, so are you ready to go through the movie now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we start off with the opening credit sequence of someone preparing to kill a bunch of people, I guess. I don't know. The first thing I noticed was that this movie has an awesome cast, including a fellow named Michael Papajohn, which was like, awesome. Oh, yeah. By the way, um, I do I do have a list uh, of, I like go through movies at the end and look at all the names and find funny yeah. ones. So I have a great list of names at the end. We Sweet. Go through. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so he burns Vanessa Williams' picture as part of his preparation, but she hasn't been introduced yet and isn't in trouble yet. Huh. So I don't know if that was just like a weird continu- continuity error that seems like it would have been an obvious fix, but I-, I don't know. Anyway, so the movie opens at a house where two guys, who I'm assuming are in the mafia, are just like beating the shit out of this guy and his girlfriend and pouring gasoline, on- gasoline all over the house. And I like how they have That's Amore by Dean Martin playing in the background, just in case you're not sure whether they're Italian or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that guy was like Latino or something to begin with. And then I was uh, like... Eldon? Yeah. And then, then I was like, wait, is that guy even Italian? So I had to wait for the credits. And then his name was, you know... Pastorelli. Yeah, Something very Italian. Italian. I'm like, all right, well, there you go. I wonder if Italians could possibly be a, like find that offensive, like if... Like if I was Italian, I'd be like, Mamma mia, I can't believe my ears. It's so offensive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, Marron. Anyway, <laughs> Arnold comes in, just murders the shit out of the mafia guys, and basically stages a fake crime scene for the dude and his girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, um, he, like his plan, you know, he kills the first guy with the freezer door, and then the other two guys that are there, he's just like, eh, fuck it, and just jumps out and starts shooting them and does like a barrel roll. I'm like, you stuck there your way in the, there. You're like, you're pretty good yeah, at this exactly. shit. Like, you gotta have a better plan than just running in there. Got lazy with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think he's in the witness protection program because he was going to testify against the mob. But uh, Arnold sets up fake crimes, seeming to make them look dead, and then blows up the house for good measure. Which uh, you obviously recognize the mob informant because when I saw him, I was like, "Holy shit, it's Eldon from Murphy Brown." <laughs> Is it? I. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even. I the, no, he's, yeah, he's, wow. he's Eldon and Murphy Brown. I have not seen that show since the nineties, so um, I didn't recognize them from Murphy. It's Brown. her. It's her uh, painter, like painter, housekeeper guy or whatever he is. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um. So yeah, Eldon from Murphy Brown. Uh, his real name is Robert Pastorelli, and he's the one that I mentioned to you in the text that, like, Eric and I kind of found some weird stuff. Oh. Um. Oh, I forgot to mention to whoever's listening that we're going to try out something new this week where we might thought where we thought it might be fun to talk to someone that didn't grow up watching Arnold's movies. So she's actually she's actually seen him for the first time. Not sure if it's going to be a recurring thing, 
But for now, it should be interesting just to get a perspective on the movies from someone that doesn't have any like nostalgic attachments to them. So for this first for this movie, I was able to get uh, my girlfriend Erica to talk with us and she'll be joining us later. But yeah, she found out some just weird stuff about this dude. Anyway, back to the movie. So uh, Eldon from Murphy Brown, whose name in the movie is Johnny, but we're just going to call him Eldon. Uh, him and his girlfriend are rescued by Arnold, whose name is John Kruger, but, you know, it's Arnold. So he blows up their house, which I guess wasn't in effect. They actually blew up a real house. Oh. That says that, uh, according to IMDb, was constructed by a crew just for an explosion that was an exact replica of a house in Queens. Mm. So anyway, he blows that bitch up and then basically puts them back into witness protection and tells them he'll be watching them. Yeah. Uh, my question on this was, like, um, if he's in witness protection and he just... Like, without his girlfriend knowing, goes back and gets the Osobuco. Like, they didn't take him very far, you know? He's, like, two towns over. Like, that's not good witness protection <laughs> stuff, you know? Like, take him to Phoenix or that, something. That's probably why he keeps getting found. Yeah. But I'm not exactly sure where that takes place, but it doesn't seem very far. And then also, I guess he's in New York later in the movie? Cause, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Seems like the witness protection program is, like... You know, corrupt. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay, touche. That too, but all right. <laughs> um, yeah, they just don't do it. Like, not a lot of forethought. Just like, yeah, I don't know. Send him, you know, two towns over, and nobody will ever find him there. Exactly. Change his name to Sheldon from Murphy Brown. But uh, so the next day, we see Arnold going into the U.S. Marshal Witness Protection offices. And I like how there's that like quick scene of his coworker with the fake IDs and how yeah. like he quickly points out just to show like a late like it's basically like a lazy way for the writer to show that Arnold knows his shit. Yeah, that's the exact note that I have. Like, oh shit, he's good. Could tell a fake ID immediately. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he's the best. <laughs> um, and then we're introduced to Robert DeGarren, who is Arnold's mentor and is played by James Caan, who apparently just plays Sonny Corleone and everything he's in. <laughs> Uh, so they yeah. talk about the mission he just completed and Arnold tells him that he had to do a little bit of improvisation or as he calls it, improvisation, improvisation. The way he says it was weird. I don't know. But to finish the job and then James Kahn tells him that their boss wants to speak to him. So then Arnold heads up to the office where his boss, played by James Coburn, briefs him on his next assignment, which involves the senior executive of the Cyrez Corporation uh, who are major defense contractors that do top secret weapons research. So they're selling weapons to bad people, I guess. I don't know. But apparently uh, the Cyrex Corporation was originally named Cyrex Corporation. But I guess there's actually a real company called Cyrex, which is a tech company. Hmm. And so they made them change the name by threatening legal action. So they had to dub over every mention of the name with the new name and then digitally change all the logos in post-production. Hmm. I didn't know that. That sucks. Anywho, this was when we were introduced to Lee, Cal Lee Colin, who's played by Vanessa Williams, who, according to IMDb, was originally suggested for the role by Maria Shriver. Oh, and I was actually curious what happened to Vanessa Williams, like why she stopped acting. Because I was like, I watched something, well, damn, I haven't seen her in anything. But then Erica looked it up and apparently she's been in a ton of shit after this. It's just mostly like tv stuff like ugly betty and desperate housewives and stuff like that yeah uh even when you google vanessa williams uh you know it auto fills and it it fills in with american singer not actor yeah um, yeah it, that's also something that she said that she had a really she's had a successful mu music career after all this too 
Yeah, she does sing a song that happens in the end credits. Uh, yeah. But she was um, the first woman to win, uh, first black woman to win Miss America. And then, I guess, uh, some pictures that were uh, some private photographs uh, that she had nothing to do with. Oh, they were private? Yeah, this was 1982. Um, that, I guess, the black and white photos dated back to the summer of 1982 after her freshman when year. When did she get, did it say when she got the Miss America? 83. Okay. So the black and white photos dated back to the summer of 1982 after a freshman year at Syracuse University, where she worked as an assistant and makeup artist for Mount Kisco, New York photographer Tom Chappelle. At the time, Williams stated that Chappelle's, it's not Chappelle like Dave Chappelle, it's C-H-I-A-P-E-L, said that, quote, he had a concept of having two models pose nude for silhouettes, basically to make different shapes and forms. The light would be behind the models. I was reluctant, but since he assured me that I would be the only one to see them and I would not be identifiable Damn. in the photographs, I agreed. Yes, he has also he had also gotten another model to agree with this in a yeah. So basically, she did that, and then some asshole had the pictures and sold them to Penthouse, and then oh, so it wasn't him, uh, the photographer. It doesn't say exactly, but it's pretty f- fucked up that. These private yeah. pictures got sold. That sucks. Uh, and they made her resign from being Miss America. Yeah, I remember that. Did she? Did was she able to sue them? Because that, I guess, if you don't know who did it. Wow, Miss America organization responded by giving Williams seventy-two hours to resign. That's <laughs> fucked up. That sucks. Um, I don't know, but also, uh, in contrast, Hugh Hefner, the publisher of Playboy, was also given the opportunity to publish these photos, but turned it down, stating, "Quote: The single victim in all this was a young woman herself." whose right to make this decision was taken away from her. She wanted to make this kind of statement. That would be her business, but the statement wasn't made by, wasn't made by her. Which, I mean, duh. Like, I like how he comes out the good guy in that. After. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... Considering it's 1982, or 83, or I guess 84, when this happens, that's like... You didn't hear a lot of shit from dudes in his yeah. position back then. So, yeah, that whole situation's pretty fucked yeah up. that sucks yeah it, it uh fucked up her career for a little bit yeah derailed derailed that's what i meant yeah yeah and also she was married to rick fox and i think i mentioned that in the intro so yeah i think i, I think yeah eric actually knew that too that she's married to rick fox yeah because she watches the soap that rick fox was on or something like that she's like oh that's the guy from the soap's wife i was like oh cool Rick Fox is on a soap And then she told me Rick Fox. Oh, never mind. He was in the movie Holes. Oh. Huh. Um, yeah, now, uh, for those who don't know, Rick Fox was a foreign basketball player. Played for the Lakers. Uh, mainly in some other teams. Um, you know, as part of those Shaq and Kobe teams won championships. And uh, after that, he... Now he's, like, big into e-gaming. And he started his own, like, e-gaming team. And he's kind of... Hmm. You know... What does he play? I don't know, NBA 2K, probably. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't actually, like, he's not a competitive gamer, uh, but he's, like, a... In charge. Like, a, he started his own gaming team. Nice. So, uh, back to the movie, I guess? Yeah. Let's try to get back okay. to that, huh? so, uh So, Vanessa Williams, she goes into Cyrez, her company, to get the info they need. Uh, she's wearing a wire and is kind of being guided through the whole thing by a few FBI agents who include John Slatery from Mad Men, which I still haven't seen, but, you know, I hear good things about it. Yeah. He's, you ever seen he, it? Yeah, I've seen it twice. He's amazing. 
Also, shout out to my friend, Brian, who's the nerdy version of uh, Roger Roger Sterling. Is Is that his name in the show? Roger Sterling is his name in the show. Yeah. Okay. Which he, he also had didn't have white hair, which I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I know. Um, he's also in, he plays what, Tony Stark's dad in yeah. Marvel movies. I was so. just watching Civil War today, but yeah. So there's uh, two other FBI guys in there, including a dude that I th- probably would have been played by Don Cheadle if the movie came out 10 years earlier. <laughs> just kind of looks like his older brother, Ron Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I was like, oh, that guy totally would have been Don Cheadle. But uh Anyway, she gets the info cop. She needs copy to a disc and then makes a second copy, which had to be done by a giant robot arm. Did you, do you know what that robot arm was for? No. Okay. Robot-y stuff? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyway, she gets she ends up getting stopped by security and is told she has to go up and speak to the head of the corporation, played by Farmer Hoggett himself, James Cromwell, who just always plays a crazy dude, apparently. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he was in Babe. I don't know. I don't remember. What he yeah, exactly. He's in Six Feet Under, too. He is the... Her her crazy husband at like the last season. Oh uh, yeah, and also the name of uh the fake British businessman name that Jimmy McNulty gives in the wire when he goes and visits that whorehouse is James Cromwell, which I always found amusing. Really? Yeah. I gotta I gotta we started watching that show we didn't finish. Yeah, it's great. So he shows her security footage of her copying the disc and then basically tells her that he's selling weapons to people that he shouldn't be. And then he kind of happens to notice that she's wearing a wire. She tells him she's working for the FBI. He responds, you know, reasonably, like fairly reasonably. First pointing a gun at her, then shooting himself, which I love how like it had like the wind open. Like when he blew the window open behind him, the papers all went crazy and it made it just way dramatic. Yeah, that scene's probably like one of the coolest scenes in the movie just because it's unexpected and it's just pure chaos after that. The papers, that's very, very, the, the 80s, their throwback to the 80s. Yeah, I guess, you know, when you're in a plane and something opens, everything gets sucked out. So yeah, when you're in a skyscraper, which is high up and the window opens, everything gets sucked out. It makes sense. It's just physics. <laughs> so uh, she runs into the building with the guards chasing her and jumps in the FBI van. But like, couldn't they have just stopped the van and been like, fuck you, security. We're the FBI. Yeah, probably. But... Which I thought was fun. Like, why are they running? Like, what are they going to? I don't know. It's kind of weird that. Like, what are the security guards going to do? Can they actually... That, that's what I'm saying. somebody? Like, even if they people? do grab her, the, all the FBI's got to do is like, well, you know what? We're FBI, so let her go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they uh, Vanessa Williams gives the FBI the CD evidence disc, which they basically tell her will prove her company is selling weapons technology and that that's high treason, tra- high treason which is bad, I guess. <laughs> By the way, do you know if there's like such a thing as low treason? Uh... No. Like if selling weapons tech is to terrorists is high treason, then like maybe low treason is like if you sold them like Super Nintendos when for when they're bored or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like selling selling an Xbox at a store like a day before it's set, set yeah, to be released exactly. in this country. But uh so they tell her they now need to keep her safe until the trial and are putting her in the witness protection program, and then here comes Arnold. He tells her they're they're going to change your identity and location. And she's like, what? Like, hell no. And basically says, I'm going home and walks out. Yeah. And Arnold is just not impressed with this fucking answer <laughs> hour going on. Exactly. You know? So he starts like 
basically scolding them. Yeah. Like, uh, he asks them how, first he asks the FBI dudes if they made it clear how dangerous everything was going to be after she helped them. And they're more, they're more or less like, well, we didn't have a case without her. And so he's kind of like, well, it's a lot easier putting her ass on the line than yours, isn't it? <laughs> and then this scene, that scene right there is where I kind of wonder if maybe they were trying to use this movie to transition him into more serious action movies because, like, up until this point, it kind of has, like, an en- enemy of the state feel to it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling watching this movie, but a shittier version of Enemy of the State. Yeah, exactly. But then they you hear him deliver that put her ass in the line. And I remember he's, like, the, not the greatest actor, and it definitely works better with, like, cheesier stuff. Yeah. Which I don't actually know if he's a bad actor. Maybe it's just, like, that English isn't his first language. Like, do you think, like, if you did, like, a serious movie... But it was in, what is he, he speaks, Ger- is it German, right? Correct. Okay, so if it was like, a, he's speaking German, and maybe it would be amazing. You're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. But like the silliness of how his accent can sound is definitely more noticeable in the serious movies, whereas it might help with like a cheesier one like Running Man. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know, are there any movies he actually did in German? I don't, I doubt it. I don't know, he isn't, it, well, from his, uh, book he likes america a lot so yeah that's that's true he doesn't really go back there too often well i mean he's from austria but well then i was thinking like is it actually the accent or is it that he just cheeses up everything he does and that's kind of the way he carries himself just kind of like a cheesy guy or is it at the point now where like that accent is associated with you know like uh muscle bound guys and you couldn't take somebody who's like talks like that serious you know yeah it's a lot easier to put her ass in the line than it is yours like it's just i don't know (laughs) just yeah uh so uh we go back to the fbi offices from there and then ron Cheadle and his partner partner are dropping (laughs) off the evidence disc but the dude that takes from them is dirty as fuck so he switches out the disc disc with a different one and then calls him up and tell him he has it yeah he gives that like smile to the guy like "Mm, yeah i'm not doing anything (laughs) shady over here yeah uh so from there we go back to vanessa williams who's just getting home and notices a couple of FBI dudes in their car just smoking cigarettes while watching her. So she goes inside, takes the second copy of the disc out of the compact that she was hiding it in, puts it in her computer, but it says that she's unable to access anything on it. So we find out, we also find out that the bad guys are monitoring her computer and now know she has a copy of the disc. Yeah, and later up, uh, later on she brings up like, it's unhackable, I tried. And then all she did was just put it in there and click like run software and it didn't work she's like all right i give up like, okay i didn't know you're such a such a great hacker anyway so okay so uh she has she calls her friend up who i'm pretty sure works for a newspaper and her friend tells her to hang on to the copy because as long as she's got that they won't kill her meanwhile we see the fbi dudes who've been burnt to a crisp in their car and then some other guys running towards her house one of whom has like a burn or some shit on his face that i don't think is ever explained no, he just makes him look evil. So yeah, that's how you know. <laughs> so, uh, back in the house, Vanessa Williams tells her friend that she has to go when she hears a door creak upstairs. But it just turns out to be her ex-boyfriend Daryl, who let himself in because Daryl has boundary issues. So yeah, uh, Daryl's a fucking abusive like ex-boyfriend. You know, he just like yeah. She's like, I broke up with you, and he's like, hey, I was worried about you, so I just showed up at your house, and I'm apparently taking a shower. <laughs> like exactly, that shit's weird. So, uh, yeah. meanwhile, Burnface and his crew are still outside and about to shoot them with their high-tech gun, but before they get a chance to, a party van rolls up. A delivery guy uh, gets out of the van with a bunch of balloons and then head towards the, heads toward the front door. 
By the way, when he pulls the balloons out of the van and just walking up to the house, did you read the Let's Party logo in Arnold's voice? <laughs> yeah. Let's party. When it says Let's Let's Party, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's more of a Rainier Wolf Castle. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. He, it sounds like something Rainier Wolf Castle would say. So uh, Arnold has his balloons and rings a doorbell, and Daryl goes over and answers it. Bad guys just start opening fire with their fucking Duke Nukem guns and just <laughs> blow Daryl away while Arnold's like, Get down! <laughs> <laughs> so Arnold uh, he grabs Vanessa they start running through the house as they're fired at which just completely destroys the house he turns over yeah, turns over a refrigerator and then they hide behind that while the guy shooting at them searches through them searches for them with a like the gun scope like an x-ray gun scope but like he can't see with through the fridge for some reason yeah that I, it looks through walls but it doesn't look through fridges and also yeah. he doesn't notice that a fridge is sideways so yeah I don't know how these things work. Apparently that gun's kind of real. Like oh. it was supposedly based off a of real technology that the army was working on. Uh, it's it's a handheld electromagnetic pulse rifle or like basically a rail gun. And the production notes, the director is quoted as saying that rail guns are uh, hyper velocity weapons that shoot aluminum or clay rounds at just below the speed of light. He said they added the X, X-ray scope, but that a large-scale version exists in limited numbers on battleships and tanks. Oh. And they have incredible range. He did mention that in the movie. Okay. That might have been from the movie then. I don't know. But, uh, Arnold does. I mean, like, if the producer knew it, then I don't see why it wouldn't be in the movie. So, well, There's actually an, an article that uh, I found specifically about the gun from the movie and how it's like basically almost a reality minus the X-ray scope. And there's like a there's like a video of just the Navy just shooting through like a bunch of there's like a I just it's crazy gun. But it, that was from like 2016. So it still like only goes on ships. And then there's like another video below that one of these crazy fuckers that made their own homemade rail gun. And it's basically just a bunch of white dudes, which was shocking. Just yes. like shooting crazy. their homemade gun at cars. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Arnold and Vanessa are hiding behind, hiding behind the fridge when the bad dudes launch this grenade thing in the house that falls on the ground and then pops up, shoots drill bits in every direction. And one of those goes like straight into the fridge, like through Arnold's hand, which was a part of the movie that I remember watching when it came out, like when it, when I was younger. I remember yeah. him just like pulling his hand out from the from the drill bit. So uh, the bad guys sneak in the house. Arnold breaks the gas line, sets the thermometer heater, and then they both bail. House blows up just as bad guys get inside. Meanwhile, Vanessa and Arnold escape in his party van. So uh, as they get as they drive away, she bandages up his hand while telling him about the gun that the bad guys were trying to use to kill them. Uh, she mentions that they she didn't know her company had finished the gun yet and that the company is connected with most government agencies, including the one that Arnold works for, probably. He tells her he's going to hide her and that no one will know where she is except for him. And the whole this whole scene of them talking in the van kind of made me think of Daryl. Like, if he could have somehow seen how little... She was bothered by the fact that he died. Maybe he could have moved on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, Daryl. Mm, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's fuck just like guy. too bad he got shot yeah. with a rail gun and not like a time machine gun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the scene, Arnold says, he's like, trust me, which I guess was supposed to be like his big catchphrase for the movie, according to IMDb. Mm. So I guess now he shares a catchphrase with Aladdin. I don't know. <laughs> like i was talking to eric i can just imagine him flying around with the princess singing a whole new world and he's like a whole new world <laughs> thousand voices i never knew do you trust me 
but princess I don't know what else he says. I can't All you got to do is jump. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Genie, you're free. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so from there we go to the shady guy from uh, shady guy from Cyrez, whose name I don't know, so I'm just going to call him Chuck. He's talking to another shady government guy who appears to be who appears to be like a senator or something. So Chuck tells the shady senator that Vanessa Williams has a second disc. And of course, shady senators like get it back no matter what it takes. So Chuck from Cyrez tells a senator that VW, which I'm just going to call her now because it's easier than Vanessa Williams. Well, we could call her by her character name, which is Lee. But okay, well Lee, you know, or we could not. Um, so anyway, he tells the senator that Volkswagen called her newspaper friend, and <laughs> the senator <laughs> basically says to kill that lady too. So we find out that the senator dude is actually the Mister Undersecretary Harper, which is. Something high up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The scene ends with the undersecretary breaking the original Cyrez disc. But he breaks it towards him, so the pieces fly into his face like an idiot. That makes sense. I didn't even know what said. He's like, ah! Yeah. So next yeah. we're at a farmhouse or something, and uh, Vanessa Williams, Lee Williams, and Arnold Schwarzenegger are burning all her IDs and important shit. And then Arnold tells her that they, they may take out her identity, but they can take her freedom. Or like some basically something like that. Some William Wallace shit. Yeah, exactly. They might take your identity. They never take your freedom. Anyway, so uh, yeah, she says they burned everything she has, but then they then he takes and possibly burns like her Saint George necklace for some reason. Yeah, I, which doesn't. I there's no point. I can't see any reason behind doing this besides using that sweet line. Now I will protect you. Yeah, I think that's the whole point. Is like you don't need him anymore. I am your protector. Ex- exactly. Huh? <laughs> it sound like the sound like the scene from from Captain Phillips. Uh, oh, look like, at me! Look at me! I am your protector now. <laughs> you don't need that sissy saint anymore to protect you. <laughs> and then um, I feel like this is where that's like where maybe like a love scene would have happened if they'd included one. Yeah, which I think I t- touched on this in the intro. A cool that you know not every movie. American movie needs like a uh, fucking love interest, but B, the fact that she's black makes me curious. Yeah, why was that the reason why they didn't introduce it? Well, okay, so I there the the video of the Japanese press conference that I said I found. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger says that there wasn't a love scene or relationship that was developed because it didn't fit with the movie. He's basically said that the character was supposed to be protecting her as a government agent. And he's supposed to be a good guy, so it wouldn't have looked good if he's rescuing people, and then he takes advantage of them when they're vulnerable just so he can get his dick wet. Which mm. he didn't. And he actually said that, too. You he said have, dick wet? No, he didn't say that. Oh. You ca- I cannot have my dick getting wet just because I... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway... The So the problem I found with this is that I found another piece of trivia that says that they originally filmed a romantic ending, but it didn't test well with with test audiences so they changed uh, it racist yeah exactly which is kind of contradictory what, contradictory to what arnold said so i'm not really sure which one's true like i maybe think that like what arnold said is actually some of the feedback that they got from the test audience mm. yeah he's like towing the line yeah weird so uh next day we see arnold dropping her off in chinatown in new york he gives her a new set of ids with a new name a credit card and a beeper so he can reach her if she's in trouble he says if the beeper, if he beeps her, go to Central Park Zoo. And he gives her a gun and tells her he works alone. So if anyone comes up to her and says that they're with him, to fucking smoke their lying ass. Yeah. Also, a little weird that he's like, 
the lady he has him staying with, she's like, she was a witness against the Yakuza in mm. San Francisco. Um, but they're in like Chinatown. So I don't know. It's kind of mixed messages there because Yakuza is Japanese. It makes sense. Maybe, maybe he thinks that maybe she is Japanese, but then he thinks that, oh, they'll never search for her in Chinatown. Oh, yeah. He is the best. So. <laughs> exactly. Okay. My bad. And then she's trying to like tell him otherwise, like the Chinese lady's like, no, no, you don't understand. You're Japanese. They are Chinese. They'll never look for you here. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So then a little while later, she's making food and sees Undersecretary Harper on TV saying that the Department of Defense using private contractors is totally cool. They didn't mismanage no funds. So basically, it's like it's my money and I'll buy guns if I want to. Um, So Arnold meets up with uh, Sonny Corleone in a cafe and uh, Sonny tells them that someone has, someone's been murdering witnesses, and then they kind of figure out that there's probably a mole inside the witness protection program. James Conn then tells him that they have to relocate three witnesses, which include one of his as well as Vanessa Williams, and then Arnold kind of reluctantly agrees but insists that they move James Conn, Conn's witness first. And, of course, Arnold, since he's so good, he immediately spots the, uh, yeah, the, two, the, the guys his, watching them. Yeah. So they board the plane headed for the first witness and two other FBI guys tell Arnold and uh, James Kahn that Vanessa Williams' newspaper lady friend was killed. Excuse me. One of the uh, FBI guys with them then asks Arnold if he's taking care of, like, are you tired of taking care of scumbags? And then for some reason, Arnold's like, yeah, but in your case, I'll make an exception, which <laughs> is just kind of rude. Like, you just met the guy and he works for the FBI. Why are you being a dick? <laughs> yeah, well, the guy was being a dick, too. So, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. Bad first impression, but... Uh, Immediately after that, that guy's like, who's this guy I think he is? And, and James Conn's like, he thinks he's the best in the game. And I gotta say, I agree with him. Yeah. So, you know, it's I guess a, if it's, you're the best in the game, you can make fun of people. That's gotta be at least, like, the second time that someone said that, because I'm pretty sure the um, guy that he pointed out the IDs said the same thing to the guy that asks him. Who's that? Yeah. It's the best guy around. <laughs> but uh, so the next scene, we're near the house. James Conn assigns everyone a team, tells them which way they get into the house. And he tells he says that him and Arnold are going in through the front door. When they get to the house, they notice that the window on the front door is broken and they enter with their guns drawn. They split up to search the house. Arnold heads upstairs, kills some fucking guys. James Conn busts into a room where a dude with a gun is holding his witness. The guy recognizes James Conn, tells him he's early. James Conn shoots him in the head. I think he says... You're, yeah, you're late or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have it written down. So, but uh, it like it, but well, like what I said before, it kind of bummed me out that they ruined the twist that he's a villain in all the trailers and promotion because that scene could have potentially been like, a, oh shit, he's bad. But it yeah. kind of like loses any sort of weight because of how they promoted it. But anyway, so James Conn ends up shooting the witness, and then I guess basically suffocates her while he's trying to give her CPRs. Arnold enters the room. But wouldn't have been kind of suspicious if he's administering CPR for a gunshot wound? I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, like, depends on where she's shot. Because usually, like, CPR is just pumping blood. You know, okay. if your heart stops, it's pumping blood. And if you can't breathe, it's just getting air in there. It doesn't really, like, wake anybody up from death or anything. Yeah. Which movies usually do. But also, I think she's just shot in the gut. And I don't really see why doing that would help. Especially she's losing a lot of blood and he's just pumping more out, <laughs> you know? He's a but, genius. Yeah. Uh, so as Arnold and him are talking, the guy that Arnold called the shithead on the plane plants a picture of Vanessa Williams on one of the dead guys and then pretends to find it. James Conn tells him 
that he's like, we have to contact her too. And Arnold's like, this is 1996, man. She doesn't have a fucking cell phone. So they have to go to her, you know? He, then he's like, she's in Atlanta, which I'm, she's in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he lies to them. But yeah, because he immediately knows something's up because he's the best. That's why he lies. Yeah. <laughs> she's in Atlanta. I keep forgetting that he's the best. That's, that's my problem. Yeah. Oh, okay. he immediately, he immediately, you know. So uh, they're back in the plane headed uh, towards her. And then Arnold is just fucking chugging water like those steroids gave him cotton mouth or something. Because damn, like, I was just like, holy shit, he is chugging that water. But yeah. uh, James Kahn is giving a pep talk to the rookie that came along with him. And then Arnold kind of figures out he's been drugged. So he sits down, pages Vanessa Williams, which is just like the most 90s thing I've said in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's on the two-way. <laughs> so Arnold uh, figures out that James Conn is the one that drugged him, kind of passes out. James Conn shoots the rookie because I don't, he's too nice, I guess. I don't. He was going to, I think he was going to phone someone else. Yeah, he's not, he's not in on it. Yeah, exactly. In on it. So they trace Arnold's phone call, figured out that Vanessa Williams is in New York City. Uh, Arnold wakes up. James Conn tells him they're headed to New York City. And he's also going to, you know, frame him for killing the rookie, being the mole, like everything, basically. What, like, I don't get why after they got her location, why don't you just kill Arnold when he's knocked out? Because you basically just gave him a quick nap and he's all rested up now. So you're kind of fucked now. Yeah, I figured it was just like, I don't know. They realize she's in New York, but they still need like him to kind of help yeah yeah which yeah um i mean i just watched this movie like a couple hours ago uh but i was thinking the same thing and i don't remember exactly why but it was something along those lines it kind of seems like because they don't know exactly where she is but he does figure it out later so i'm gonna go through all this real fast before i do any like notes on it because it's just the the plain part like the anyway but uh so he tells arnold that they're selling weapons for them sweet dollar bills and tells Arnold that he can cut him in if he gives up Vanessa Williams. Uh, Arnold contemplates it, contemplates it for about a second and then responds by, you know, throwing a knife at his head, which he blocks. Then uh, opening up the emergency exit, blowing up one of the plane engines by throwing a chair through it, which I guess was his way of saying no. He's <laughs> like, I'm out. Yeah. But, uh, he, uh, throws up a, he throws a parachute out of the plane, jumps after it, then ends up catching up to it, pulling the cord. James Conn, instead of letting him go, decides that he's not dumbing a dick and forces the pilot at gunpoint to turn around so he can slam into Arnold. <laughs> Which I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And he's like, okay, all right. So here, here's the thing about this. Like, I assume those pilots aren't in on, you know, uh, their their scheme there. Yeah. Especially because he had to force him to do it. Yeah. And they got to fucking get a gun to their head and then go back and you know, try to fucking hit this guy with a plane. Um, <laughs> and then they land. So like, what happened to the pilots? Did, did they point. die? And like James Conn, you know, fly the plane the rest of the way. Cause maybe he was like ex military or something or like what exact, you know, what was their, what was their plan there? Um, I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But, uh, so Arnold notices, start shooting at the cockpit until he shoots out the windshield and then they swerve, just barely missing him. He gets blown sideways, all tangled up in the parachute. He starts plummeting towards the ground and then is finally able to disconnect it and deploy the, the backup parachute, like, just in time, slams right into the roof of a car in a junkyard. So, yeah, I just wanted to get through that real fast, but because I have, there's a couple, like, trivia things. But uh, first off, it's kind of awesome when he goes through the engine. Like, I remember that being a part of the advertising. It was in the commercials. Yeah. 
And then apparently that was Arnold actually doing the stunt when he goes flying out of the plane, which is kind of obvious because the the camera is basically focused on his face the whole time. And they didn't have uh, like that face changing technology that they do now. It wasn't actually like an actual plane, but it so that the uh, production notes say the first unprecedented stunt required Schwarzenegger to fall 65 feet. So basically they they just switched the angle of it. Okay, it says it falls 65 feet in a vertical descent and perform a backflip in mid-flight. On Warner Brothers Stage 16, the largest soundstage, uh, the fuselage of the plane was constructed and the actor was strapped into a descender rig. Beginning with Kruger's desperate struggle to hang on to the door of the plane, the shot continues as he lets go, backflips through the exploding engine of the plane, and then drops off into a freefall. No stuntman has ever accomplished a backflip during a drop like this, but Schwarzenegger managed the feat seven times to get the shot. On screen... Aided by inventive camera angles and special effects, Kruger appears to drop along the length of, of the fuselage and pass the flaming engine, but no wizardry was necessary to recreate the uh, reality of the film star clearly performing the stunt himself. He actually tells, like, it's like a 15-second story. You can just... Oh, wait, I gotta unplug this again. Sorry. Here. I'm just gonna stop that. Okay. Um, this is him talking about it. It's kind of funny. Oh, I guess I should. Can you hear this? Hold on. Actually, let's do a share screen. That work? The worst thing about the whole thing is, is that when you do a stunt really well, you hang out there on the plane, the plane is hanging down uh, uh, vertically, and you drop out, you drop down 120 feet, and you go through the flames, and, uh, and you know, you're scared, and you, you dive down and do all your gymnastics and acrobatic uh, kind of things that you have in you, and then you successfully land, and the director comes over to you and says, you look too scared in this thing. We cannot accept this, you have to do it again. I say, I was scared. What do you think diving out of this thing and going through the flames? I was scared. He says, look at the monitor here. I think you look too scared. I think this is not true to the character. You would be much tougher than that. And I had to do it over again and over again because I looked too scared. So those are always the, the, the bad moments when we then get into some arguments and say, I don't want to do it again. You have to do it again. You look too scared. It's not believable. That's the that's the uh, the Japanese interview, but I just I like also like the way he keeps saying you look too skilled. <laughs> so uh, there's also a trivia bit on IMDb that says several stunts went awry during production, including one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's hair caught fire, which I couldn't find a source for that on anything besides IMDb, so I'm not 100 sure if it's true. But hmm. if it is, I'm assuming that it probably happened while they were filming this scene. Yeah, it makes sense. So after he falls from the plane, he starts skydiving down trying to catch the parachute. Apparently that wasn't him. It was just some like real footage of the stunt double that was all tangled up in a parachute. Yeah, it's probably Danny Epper, the other is one it, of my dad's friends. Is he the, is he, does he do a stunt, like a skydiving stunts? Yeah, maybe, but he's known to double. He's like a big dude, so he's known to double other big dudes. I think like okay. Arnold before, so could possibly be him by the way like him doing the skydiving sc- stuff and then when he's like pulls a ripcord the Arnold Schwarzenegger when he pulls a ripcord and he's just hanging out before the like plane turns around just looked like <laughs> so unnatural and like just, just the way he was just sitting there like uh, yeah. like super green screened 
<laughs> like, the, and then the face he makes, uh, he's like, whew, like, get out of that well, one. Well, no, yeah. here, I'm gonna, here, I think I have it saved. Like, the face he makes when the, uh, he, when the plane's coming at him, that face right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> the face when the, when the plane's coming at him was just great. And then I like how he's like finally able to get his parachute going when he's only what seems like what a couple hundred feet off the ground, but it's okay. Yeah, because it gave him a little enough juice in order to not die. Yeah, exactly. And then I like his little combo with the two kids after he lands in the junkyard, which was great. It's like, where is this Earth? Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two kids were the best. That that junkyard scene is a great example of how like innocently stupid kids are. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of felt bad for them because he gives them a parachute and $50 in exchange for their dad's truck. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it's insured, I hope. Hopefully, because so. I'm sure that wasn't the most pleasant conversation when they told their dad what happened. They're just like, but dad, it's okay. We got 50 bucks for it. Yeah. And a parachute. Yeah. Which would be super sweet to have as a kid in theory, but actually, you know, because you ever do that thing as a kid where you jumped out of a tree with like a garbage bag yes. or like an umbrella and you're like, yeah. this, this will handle it. And then but it, it doesn't. Does. Yeah. yeah. Imagine having like an actual parachute. But it still doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work. But I mean, the idea of it's cool. I, I like how uh, basically Arnold's character won't take advantage of vulnerable women when he rescues them. But he's totally fine fucking over a couple little kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he probably would bring, it, bring the tow truck back at the end. You no, would think sorry, so. Sorry, I'm a federal agent. I needed your truck. Something we'll never know. Well, we actually do find out that. But okay, so next scene, James Kahn, a guy is telling him that they have a few places where they might be able to find Vanessa Williams. But James Kahn ends up figuring out that she's headed to the zoo. So they head there. Uh, at the zoo, Vanessa Williams is waiting there while some teenagers are fucking with a tiger. Yeah. What the fuck was up with that? I don't know. I had something longer about that, but I, I was just like, it basically turned out into like, fuck teenagers. Yeah. So, uh... Burnface guy that was shooting at her before and uh, walks up to her and tells her that he's a U.S. Marshal. Wait, that was Burnface guy? Yeah, that was Burnface guy. I didn't even notice. I thought it was just random dude, random henchman. No, it's that. Yeah, it's that Burnface. Uh, she's like, yeah. "Where's the Austrian oak at?" And old Burnface is like, "Oh, he's on his way, but he sent me to take care of you in the meantime." But you know, she ain't dumb, and she kind of tricks him by asking him to show him the secret, to show her the secret handshake. Reaches up to show to shake her hand, and she just fucking plugs his ass, takes <laughs> off running. Uh, anyway, Burnface walkies uh, James Conn and says that Vanessa Williams shot him, and James Conn tells him to find her, but don't kill her. Uh, he also tells the zoo security to get everybody out and close the zoo. So uh, as he and his men are walking through the zoo, they spot Vanessa Williams and start running after her, but then Arnold comes barreling up in the tow truck, <laughs> and they start shooting at him. So in the truck, and they get all in there, and they just fucking Sonny Corleone the fuck out of that truck. So that truck's <laughs> fucked. Yeah, that's true. I guess he's probably not bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you see the look on James Conn face when he was doing it? Because he looked like he was getting payback for what happened to Sonny at that point. A little PTSD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, God. So uh, they finish shooting the truck, open it up. Arnold's dead body is just like in there all fucked up full of bullet holes and whatnot. Which would have been awesome. It's just like, oh my Roll god, we got credits. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while they're doing that, Vanessa Williams runs into the reptile house. Which, come on, lady, like he purposefully set up a meeting location with six different public exits, and she locks herself in the fucking one, like with the, just a room. Yeah. 
And yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. <laughs> that was Erica that pointed that out. Like she didn't know he was about to show up there in a tow truck to like start blasting. I feel like even if you didn't haven't seen the movie before, you kind of knew what was going to happen once they showed you that quick shot of the alligators in there. Yeah. So uh, she locks the doors right before some of the bad dudes start breaking in and just start shooting all willy-nilly with absolutely no concern for the lives of those poor animals, by the way. Yeah, but also fuck the alligators. See, are you, are, do you not like alligators? No, they terrify me. <laughs> That's it. She's, she's the same way. She's like, ugh. Erica, yeah. Like, okay, so uh, quick side note. Like, the idea of sharks terrify me they're also like fascinating but terrifying just like yeah. you're in the water and like they could just be there and just fucking eat you it's weird i don't know i don't like it the ocean is stupid but i was going down to florida about uh three years ago and i was like man alligators and by the way i went to san francisco state and we're the san francisco state gators which is really dumb but it used to be the golden gators you know wow. like the golden gate but then they yeah. changed it to gators and so it's like, even though there's not an alligator anywhere close, and our mascot is like a anapomorphic alligator named Al, middle <laughs> initial E, last name Gator. Uh, yeah, it's really dumb. Anyhow, was, it a, was it a bridge before that when it was the Golden Gators? Well, like, well, no, it's just like the Golden Gate. You know, that's the term for the area. That's why oh, it's okay. the Golden Gate Bridge. Anyhow, uh, so I was going down to Florida to do some fishing and i'm like yeah but there's like alligators that's kind of weird and then i was talking to a co-worker of mine and she said that one of her friends uh or somebody she went to high school with was like her and her family were uh going down a river in you know africa or something and she was like had her finger out of the little boat on the top of the water and i guess like a uh i guess that'd be a crocodile came up and like grabbed her by her hand Jesus. pulled her into the water and that was like it like nothing they could do like Holy with the whole family there and everything like that's fucking terrifying damn so then i went i went to florida and you know went to all these like little fishing spots um just doing some like lake fishing and there's just fucking alligators everywhere see i've never seen one like that it's always behind like a zoo thing so that maybe that's why because if i live in florida i'd be like all right fuck those yeah well my friends are like yeah just take like a st- what you do is just take a stick and like put it in the water and like move it around and make sure nothing's around. I'm like, eh, still. So I stood like 10 feet back from the shore. So every time I caught a fish, you know, I could bring it up and have to make sure like an alligator is not going to come out and grab it out of there. <laughs> yeah. But there's just like random ass, like I was just fishing this lake that's uh basically like an apartment complex and like little, you know, how some of them got like grass things. There's just like a little lake in front of it. And there's just an alligator that lives there. And it was just, I would just watch it. And it was just like, put his eyes up and then go swim around. And then some other dude came up and was fishing. And I was like, yeah, what's up with that? And she's like, ah, she's fine. I leave her alone. She leaves me alone. Like, whatever. But it's just fucking weird. Like, you live in that apartment building. There's like kids and shit. It's like, hey, don't get too close to the lake because an alligator would come and eat you. Yeah. It's weird. And it's like every fucking lake in Florida. It's terrifying. There was, wasn't there like a kid? Well, I'm pretty sure there was a kid that got eaten in. Disney, Disney World. Disney World. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm sorry. Uh, let me retract all that. That was what originally started that because that happened right before I went to Florida. And that's what got me thinking about it. And that's why I brought it up to a friend at work. And then she told me that story. So, yeah, that's what started it. And yeah, he, he got picked off by, a, by an alligator. Yeah. Just hanging out by the lake. But I mean, there's like lakes everywhere, like little fresh. I mean, it's basically a fucking swampland. 
Yeah. And there's just alligators in like all of them. And we're just like, yeah, as long as you stay out of the way, you'll be fine. But it's weird. Sometimes they just come out and hang out in the sun. Like that thing could just come over and kill me right now. (laughs) Drag me underwater. It's true. That's it. I mean, you could shoot in the face, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they have so many guns there. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's to defend the alligators. Okay. So, uh, so Vanessa Williams starts shooting back at them as they're shooting at her. Just as she runs out of bullets, back door's kicked open. Arnold does his like a classic like jump through the air while shooting a gun while he dives at her. Yeah, and somehow does a barrel roll. He dives next to her, and she looks at him, and she says, you're late. And he says, traffic. <laughs> Which is just a good line. <laughs> like, I'm curious if like on the drive there, he was trying to come up with a bunch of cool things he could say when he saw her. <laughs> so he's like, okay. Now, if she says you're late, I'll maybe say flight was delayed. Ha! That's good. <laughs> but no way. Sh- that won't make sense because unless I explain what happened with the plane. Ah! Back to the drawing board. <laughs> maybe she says, where have you been? Like, flying the friendly skies? No, that's dumb. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there yeah, like brainstorming stuff. <laughs> so uh, It's like, I just work better off the cuff. I should just wait till I get there. <laughs> And then I could just say it. It just comes out, you know? Like, I'm not a guy who writes things down. Have faith in yourself. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm much better at improv comedy than I am at stand-up, you know? I don't have a type five. Improvisation. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Arnold tells her he only has two rounds left as Burnface and the rest of the goons kind of start closing in on them. So, the fucking genius decides to shoot the alligator enclosure that the bad guys are standing in front of, which breaks and then a shitload of water and alligator spill out. Bad dudes are knocked down by the water, basically eviscerated by, like, the horribly CGI'd alligators. <laughs> yeah. I guess his arm ripped off. Yeah, exactly. Yes. One of them, uh, he gets picked up by the mouth, like, in, uh, and then starts thrashing him around as the guy's screaming while shooting his gun. The other gator, go, like, comes up, grabs it, just rips his arm off. <laughs> and then an alligator comes up to old Burnface, try, and he tries to, uh, Burnface tries to back away. Alligator grabs him from behind, all Jurassic Park style. Guy was probably like clever girl. It's just like chomping on his head. <laughs> so, uh, so Arnold and Vanessa Williams start running away. The guy uh, aims at them, but another gator grabs him by the gut, and the guy's just donezo. So, as Arnie and V Dubs are head out the door, they see James Con and his men just heading towards them. So they turn around. Suddenly, like some of the worst CGI until apparently the Scorpion King just lunges at them, misses them. Arnold points his gun at it, but the gator isn't having any of that shit and just whips the gun out of his hand with his tail. Or it lunges for Arnold, but he kicks it in the head and then throws a wooden stand at it. The gator catches the stand in its mouth, breaks it in half, and then starts running towards Arnold, who has, like, reached the gun. He aims the gun at the alligator. As it opens his mouth, I'm assuming to maybe to be, like, tell Arnold how big of a fan he is of him, like, of his films or something. <laughs> I don't know. But before the gator gets a chance to, Arnold shoots him right in the head and then probably says the most memorable line of the movie. Your luggage. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much that whole alligator thing was like the thing I remembered most from this movie. Yeah, same. I, I remember them advertising that too. I just thought it'd be funny if that alligator just was just like a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. It's like, Arnold, hey, how's yeah. it going? <laughs> I loved you in, or uh, why am I doing an Arnold voice for an alligator? <laughs> that's why he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's, Austri- <laughs> he's an Austrian yeah, he's alligator. Got- I loved you in Conan the Barbarian. I'm also a barbarian. <laughs> uh, uh, a Gatarian. 
Okay. Uh, so right then, uh, James Conn and his guys bust in the room and start shooting at them, but they manage to jump through the window and escape. Uh, before we keep going, I have like a couple of interest, like facts. So the that was shot at an old abandoned zoo at Griffith Park, and I guess they just shipped the animals in for the scene. You'll also be surprised to learn that those alligators weren't always real, and there was what? actually a little mixture of CGI in there. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And I also wow. swear that I read an interview, but I'm not sure that the reason they looked so bad was because they didn't have enough time to finish them and like finish them a week before the movie was due. But I'm not sure if that's true if, or if I just made it up. So I couldn't find it once I got it in my head. So I might have read it and then didn't write down the source. And yeah, I, it seems like good CGI for 1996. Okay, you know? so it's probably just me making stuff up. Yeah, I'm basically just calling you a liar. Yeah, okay, so. that's fine. Because I was like, should I write that down? I'm like, hey, I was going to throw it in there just in case it happened. someone's like, oh, yeah, that is true. So back to the movie, uh, Arnold and Vanessa Williams escape. And then like an hour or so later, James Conn shows up in a chopper. In the chopper. And James Conn, uh, or sorry, James Coburn shows up in the chopper. James Conn lies and tells him that Arnold's gone all commando. And then he terminated his crew. And then James Conn's like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like... He's not a barbarian. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, I don't know. He's not a barbarian. I've known him since my son was in kindergarten. Cops <laughs> like him just don't do this stuff. Yeah. Him and his twin. Like Exactly. <laughs> and then James Conn's like, well, if he is innocent, then why is he running, man? Because you're chasing him. And then and then so James Conn's like, if you say so, Junior. That's, <laughs> that's all I got for that. <laughs> So uh, so then James Coburn asks what happened to Vanessa Williams and James Conn just starts telling a bunch of true lies about how she was shot one of his men that she's working with Arnold. Uh, so I mean uh, at the end of the day like it's <laughs> it's just a lie. Exactly. You know? Um so James Coburn tells him what like do whatever it takes to bring him in just bring him in alive and then he takes off again in the chopper. Yeah. Like go you guys can be Batman and and Robin <laughs> didn't get him. And stuff. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I can't think of anymore. Last action hero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. And James Conn's like, have you seen that guy? He's he's built like Hercules. How are we going to find him here in New York? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, if I'm going to fight him, I sure I'm going to start needing to pump some iron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, it turns out that he and Vanessa Williams are hiding out in a church. Arnold busts out his flip phone. To call James Coburn and tells him that James Kahn is the mole inside their department. Coburn tells him that he has to come in and Arnold is like, I have my, I have to protect my weakness, which I wrote down W-E-E-T-N-E-S-S. My weakness. Uh, and that James Kahn has been bought. So Coburn tells him that federal agents ID'd him as a shooter. And Arnold says that he'll get back to him when he has proof. He then tells Vanessa Williams that they're on their own and that they need some hard evidence. So she busts out the second copy of the disc she made and uh, she was supposed to give to her newspaper lady friend. But Arnold's like, yeah. your news lady friend is dead. Yeah. And earlier they mentioned one of the goons is like, they peeled her like an onion, uh, which is yeah. disgusting. Yes. Um, uh, also, that's uh, Tamara Tooney. She's in Law and Order. Like all of them. Okay, I was like, I know the actress, but then I forgot to look her up. Uh, yeah. She's in Law and Order. She's like the medical examiner. Oh, okay. Uh, so she gets all sad for a second, but we know how little she cares about her friends. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's over in about 30 seconds. Um, Arnold tells her that they need to read what's on the disc. And V-Dubs tells him, like, it's hacker-proof. The only way to access it is <laughs> to go to Cyrez. So Arnold's like, let's do it. And then right then a priest comes in and tells him that the cops are gone. Sazar says that Arnold once saved him and he owes him. So then he lets him borrow his car. Yeah. And that has one of my favorite lines, which is some of his Colombian associates wanted to introduce him to God personally, which <laughs> is just a funny line. But uh, Okay. So later that night, they pull up to a nightclub. And then just in case you weren't sure whether or not it's a gay nightclub with for like from the two dudes outside dressed like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> They make sure to beat it, you over the head with it by the fact that it's playing, it's raining men inside. Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever been to a gay club? No. Is that all okay. they play? Just on a loop or what? Pretty much that. Madonna. Okay. That it. makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. I just thought they were stereotyping like, like, well, we got to show that it's a gay nightclub. Well, it's, it's raining men. Duh. <laughs> um, all right. So I actually have, I would say a few thoughts, but it's more just one. Uh, as far as like an action movie like a 90s action movie in like a gay club scene. This is like fantastic. There's not a lot of like, you know, like gay panic stuff. Yeah, like gay panic or like this is gross or just like cheap jokes and shit, you know? Like if you There's not too there yeah, there, like I mean, a, Arnold makes a couple like exactly, just like jazz the guy. Yeah, but that's cuz he's just like don't tell him I'm straight, you know? Yeah. You don't want to break any hearts. Uh but as far as like 90s even just fucking 90s movies in general, like, is, yeah. you know, when it comes to, like, gay stuff, this is not that bad. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Like, I mean, if that scene came out now, like, totally different story. But, yeah. I mean, you look well, at, like, Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. You know, and you yeah. watch it through the 2020 lens, you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. That's... Well, I was gonna, I was gonna like start shitting on it for being gay bashing, and then they weren't really that bad. So I was like, okay, well, I can't really do that. Yeah, you would, ex- you would expect them to be like gay bashing, yeah. you know, but they don't really. I mean, it's not like if it came out now, different story, you know, it's yeah. a little stereotypical, but yeah, you know, for twenty four years ago, you're like, all right, true. So, uh, so Arnold walk, walks up to the bar, and who should happen to be bartending but our old friend Eldon from Murphy Brown. The guy that Arnold rescued at the beginning of the movie. Uh, so they start off with a couple of like little gay panicky jokes. But uh, once they're done with that, Arnold tells Eldon that he needs his help. Eldon agrees and then just leaves right in the middle of his busy bartending shift. Like, because you can yeah. do that. I, yeah, I guess nobody who wrote this movie worked in a restaurant before. <laughs> uh, also, after the mob guys found him somewhere in that same region, he's still in New York, you know? Yeah. But he does say, like, no self-respect, or I think Arnold says, like, yeah. no, no, no self-respecting mobster with that, yeah. step, step foot in the air. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Wise guy. No self-respecting wise guy with step foot in the air, huh? Yeah. Also, there's a little continuity error with that. He, like, takes off his vest. Yes, with the with the jacket. Yeah. Or the vest, yeah. Yeah, Eric can and notice that. Puts it back on, or, and then has it back on, and then takes it off again. So... You know, I'm curious if, like, the writers thought that It's Running Men was, like, the gay equivalent of That's Amore for the Italians. Because <laughs> <laughs> they... Uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Eldon drives as Arnold tells him that they want to break into Cyrez, and Eldon basically says that it's impossible without a small army. Arnold's like, all we need are these, and he hands them the Elka-Seltzer, and then Arnold tells him that he'll meet up with them later as they drop him off from the hospital. The uh, next day, James Kahn meets up with Undersecretary Harper and Chuck from Cyrez, who demand to know what's going on. James Kahn tells him he'll have the situation 
contained within 24 hours, but underwater secretary Harper tells him, he's like, that's not good enough. And James Conn is like, basically like, yo, you have a problem? I'll solve it. And then tells him that he'll cancel the next gun shipment. Yeah. And also check out the hook. Right. Uh-huh. His DJ revolves it. Exactly. Uh, I was curious if you catch that. Because <laughs> that's what it sounded like. He's like, hey, you have a problem? And I was like, yeah, well, I'll solve it. Uh, but uh, Chuck from Chuck from Cyrus tells him that it's not an option to cancel the shipment because it's already been paid for and needs to be sent out tonight. James Conn asks, uh, or he asks James Conn what the plan is. So James Conn tells him that Arnold is going to show up to Cyrus to find out what's on the disc. And when he does, I'll be waiting for him. And then Underwear Secretary Harper tells him he wants everything taken care of by Don or else. So later we see James Conn and Chuck from Cyrus in the security room at Cyrus. Chuck introduces James Conn to Cyrus as head of security who tells him the place is under surveillance. James Conn basically tells Arnold, tells him that Arnold is awesome and that he'll find a way in. And then Chuck tells him that the disc can only be run from the terminal in the central vault. So James Conn just kind of watches the monitor and waits. Which bad job security guy. Yeah. Back down in the lobby, Eldon from Murphy Brown walks into the building dressed as a pizza delivery guy and tells the security guy that stops him that he has a delivery from the 14th floor. The security guard tells him to fuck off, but Eldon's like, hey, if I don't deliver this pizza while it's hot, I have to pay for it. So some more security guards grab him, pin him to the wall, and while they're frisking him, Eldon secretly eats the uh, Alka-Seltzer tablet that Arnold gave him. This causes him to start foaming at the mouth. He pretends to have a seizure. James Kahn and Chuck see him on the ground. Chuck radios the guard to take him to the infirmary. Calls the ambulance, they put him on the gurney, and then roll him the hell out of there. So then next we go, we see an ambulance roll up with, to the security booth, and what do you know, it's Arnold and Vanessa Williams, who must have like somehow intercepted the 911 call. Uh, yeah, there's no other yeah. ambulance that shows up. Uh, so they drive up to the building, unload their stuff, and head inside. Meanwhile, good old Eldon is in the infirmary with my what might be the stupidest fucking doctors in any movie I've ever seen. Yes, yeah. Like, like. <laughs> yeah, okay, so they only said that because Eldon accidentally disconnects his wire to his heart monitor, so it reads like it's fat flatlining and makes that beep noise. The doctors immediately begin freaking out. One of them grabs a defib- defibrillator, begins using it on him, even though he's obviously moving around and talking to them before they put something on his mouth so he won't bite down on his tongue as they're shocking him. So the doctor prepares the defibrillator pads. Uh, Eldon begins desperately, like, shaking his head, like, no, 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 and yelling, like, as loud as he can with the thing in his mouth. But the fucking doctor begins to shock him anyway. And then the look on her face while she's doing it made me think that she kind of gets off on it a little bit, too. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so, just as this sadistic fucking doctor is about to shock him for the third time, Arnold busts in the room with a gun and tells her to cut that shit off. Unstraps Eldon, who is understandably pissed, and then tells him to tie everyone up and secure the room while he, while they go get run the disc. Back in the security room, one of the computer guys tells James Conn, or calls James Conn over and tells him that they're running the disc. The head of uh, security guy says that it's impossible because no one has entered the room, and James Conn's like, well, he must have found another way. And then they head to the vault. When they get there, Chuck punches in the security code to open the vault, but it doesn't work. He tries again, still nothing, so James Conn gets all impatient, shoots the lock off with the shotgun, which what's the point of having a vault with a security lock if you can shoot it open with a gun? Yeah, I didn't get that either. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't really talk because all my money's in like a sock under my mattress, but you know. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> uh, so they enter the vault, find it empty, and the computer guy tells them that they must be running the disc from a remote terminal somewhere on the building. So James Conn tells Chuck he better find them now or he's going to shoot him in the dick. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, before he gets a chance to, the computer guy says he couldn't. He should be able to trace where, which computer they're using. So James Conn's like, sweet bro, do it, and tells one of his men to get the chopper ready. Upstairs, Arnold and Vanessa Williams are in James Cromwell's office, which is still taped off from when he capped himself earlier. And apparently Farmer Hoggett left himself a back door so he could access the vault terminal stuff with his own computer. They find out that Cyrez is selling a thousand railguns to the head of Russian cartel for $52 million, which was probably like like a jillion dollars in 1996. Yeah, it was a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, anywho, the exchange is going to happen at the Baltimore docks at midnight. Computer guy finds out which room they're in and then erases the goddamn disc. <laughs> and the security breaks in the room. Arnold shoots one of them, begins fighting with the other one as the elevator dings. The doors open reveal to reveal it's full of guards. They immediately begin shooting. Arnold uses one of the guard or uses the guard he was fighting as a human shield and then pulls the pin from the grenades attached to the guard's vest and then kicks him in the elevator full of guards. And it blows up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this scene really annoyed me for one reason. Uh, the first guy that comes in, um, Arnold takes a chair and chucks it at him. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know, this is some like oversight. Maybe they like overthought it or something. Arnold does not say here have a seat when he throws the chair at him (laughs) oh that is a missed opportunity yeah like that's just kind of like this movie would be so much better if it was just stupid shit like that like don't you don't have to like write your movie in order to throw in the one-liners but that's already in there yeah exactly you already like your luggage is in there like your late traffic but like yeah have a seat and he chucks the fucking chair at a guy. It, it's just seems so obvious now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Although now that I say it out loud, I feel like that was in another movie. <laughs> huh. We'll get back to that. Okay. He uses the guy as a human shield, pulls the pins. He grabs Vanessa Williams. Uh, he's like, come on. And they begin running it. Uh, and then the elevator full of guards explodes. And all I could think it was like that poor janitor that probably had to clean up all that shit later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Arnold and Vanessa don't get too far before more security starts shooting at him. So Arnold tells her to, that he'll cover her and to head down to the ambulance. As she runs away, the building starts going into security lockdown and those big ass bulletproof glass doors start coming down to section off the building, which separates them at just as James Conn grabs her. Arnold and James Conn immediately begin shooting at each other through the glass security door. And it seriously took them emptying their clips and then Arnold looking at his gun all confused before these two seasoned FBI agents realize it, that they're shooting at bulletproof glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, where did these bullets go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What like, happens when that when with bulletproof glass? I would imagine it ricochets somewhere, but yeah, um... true. Uh, so. <laughs> James Conn basically is like, kind of gives him like a neener, neener, neener before taking off of Vanessa Williams. Arnold looks around, sees a fire sprinkler, shoots it, which triggers a fire alarm, lifts the security doors. He runs after him, but he's too late and gets to the roof just as James Conn and Vanessa Williams take off in the chopper. So even though they don't show it, Arnold and Eldon are somehow able to get out of the building in the same fucking ambulance they drove up in, even though their covers were blown, which I feel like would have been a great scene, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, they drive the ambulance back to the car, and Eldon says that he can get them to Baltimore in 40 minutes. Arnold tell them, tells him, it's not your fight, and that he's going alone. And Arnold's like, ah, oh, come on. I'd be dead if it wasn't for you. I owe you. And then he tells him that his cousin Tony runs the docks, and he can help him find the ship. Arnold's like, all right, come on, little fella. Like, gives him, like, a nod. So Eldon hops in the car, and they head to Baltimore. Okay, so a few things about this. One, were they talking about anything before they got there? Or was, like, Arnold just, like, 
this is what's going to happen. And when he gets there, he's like, no, you're not going mm. because it like did it. You know, this happens in movies a lot. They're like, all right, you know, you see people like driving up like, all right, guys, here's the plan. It's like, what the fuck were you guys talking about for the past hour when you were driving there? Just like yeah. listening to the radio or a podcast <laughs> or something. Maybe they're listening to uh, welcome to the potty, um, <laughs> which in that case, I can't blame them. Um, they're, they're getting caught up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, also as a big wire fan, just the Baltimore docks, you know, got my dick hard. So yeah, with, uh, that's, that's my favorite season right there, even though nobody likes it. Yeah. It's very polarizing. Like either it's like people love it or people hate it. And I, I really like that season. Frank, Frank Sabatka, I think. Yeah. Um, I did see a movie or we did watch a face off last night and he was in that one. Who is he in that? When Nick Cage is escaping the weird prison, uh, he's the guy that helps him. Oh, or okay. he like fights him in the beginning. Also, Wait, isn't uh, he like a like Russian or something? No, he's just a crazy dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, also, Bunny Colvin was in it as well. That was John Travolta's like uh, right hand man. But then Nick Who? Cage, Bunny, like Which he's one? like the he's mainly in season three and four. Um, he runs the Western District. Yeah, uh, sets up Hamsterdam, you know, oh, okay. and then gets fired for it. Uh, Hold yeah. on, I'll be, I'll be right back. Okay. No more complaining. No more Mr. Kim left to go to the bathroom. Nothing. There is no bathroom. I had to be, and then Eric looked at me. She's like, like with, with like a what are you doing kind of look, and I was because I was I was holding my wiener shut, you know. <laughs> Which the first time she saw me do that, she's like, "Does that work?" I was like, "For like a couple minutes," yeah. <laughs> and then it's just bust through. <laughs> it does. It works for like a couple minutes. <laughs> Have you done that? I'm assuming. I mean, that's something you do as a kid. Yeah. Well, apparently, I'm doing it again. Uh, my friend was telling me um that he was like met up with some chick and he was having sex with her, but he didn't want to come yet, so he like pulled out and tries to like squeeze his dick in order to like oh. you know, not come yeah and then like tilted it up and like looked at it and then <laughs> let go and i like shot himself in the face <laughs> oh, that's good stuff yeah all right and that sounds like as good a spot to stop as any so this will be the end of part one of our uh summary for eraser be sure to check out part two which was uh was released at the same time as this so yeah check it out erica ends up joining us at the end and we discuss some details about the uh, one of the actors from the movie. Anyway, I guess we'll, uh, you know. See you at the party, Richter!